Well, good morning. Let me try again. Good morning. Can you hear me out there? Or is it just my loud voice? All right. It's good to see you all this morning. If we haven't met yet, my name is Danny. I'm one of the pastors here at RCC. And uh, the other day, I was watching this documentary called The Alpinist. Has anybody seen this documentary? One person? All right. Awesome. Good. That's good. I got this recommendation to watch this documentary from uh, Natasha. And the thing is that uh, Tasha and I, we don't see eye to eye when it comes to what good TV is, right? But she told me it was right up my alley, so I thought I'd give it a shot, and she was right. Jerry, you've seen it. You know it's an amazing documentary. It's about this kid from Canada, and he just loves rock climbing. That's his thing. That's, that's all he does. He, he doesn't really work much. He, he doesn't really do school very well. He just loves to climb mountains. I was watching this documentary. My heart was like racing. I, I, I was anxious. I was, I was biting my fingernails because he does this thing called free soloing where, where he just walks up to a mountain and uh, he's got no rope. Nobody else is there. And, and he just starts climbing. And like straight up these rock phases. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is, this is wild. The dude, his name is Marc-Andre Leclerc. That's a Canadian name for you, ain't it? Or probably more French, right? Something like that. Either way, he set records. All kinds of records. That's all he ever wanted to do. Growing up, that was the dream. For Marc-Andre Leclerc, that was the dream. To rock climb for a living. If I was a betting man, I'd be willing to bet that, that most of us, at least at one point in our life, have, have had this idea, a, a dream for what our lives could or, or would look like. Maybe it, it's not as drastic as walking up to mountains and climbing them, but I'd be willing to bet that all of us have some sort of something. That if, if we could just do that or, or have that, then we'd be living the dream. For some of you growing up or maybe even still now, it's like this particular job, right? You have your sights set on a particular job. And, and if you could just have that job, you'd be living the dream. For some of you, maybe it's kids, right? Like if you could just have some kids, you'd be, you'd be living the dream. Or, or once you retire, maybe that's on your mind. Once you retire, once you get there, you're living the dream. For me, it's, it's to start a camp. I'm passionate about the outdoors and, and helping people step away from distractions and experience God. But here's the thing. You know what else I'd be willing to bet? I'd be willing to bet that deep down inside yourself, you know it's not true. I'd be willing to bet deep down inside yourself, you know that it's not true. You know that, that once we get whatever it is that we achieve, Once we get whatever it is that we think the dream is, 
I'd be willing to bet that we know that's not going to satisfy us. We know that it's not going to be what we expected it to be. I'd be willing to bet that you already know that whatever it is that you dream of, when you get it, it's not going to bring the peace that you thought it would. You want to know why I'd be willing to bet that? Because you've already experienced it. You've already experienced it in some way, shape, or form. Think about it for a moment. Every time you've set your sights on something, you think that particular thing is going to fill this, this void you have inside yourself. Maybe it was like, like a boy or a girl that was going to fill the void of, of that loneliness you felt. Or, or having a child or your second or your third child that was going to fulfill your lifelong dream of having a family. That job that, that's going to make you feel successful or maybe just provide enough for your family to live. Heck, it could even be something that, that you are waiting for to arrive at your door today from Amazon. All right, I might be speaking to myself on that one. <laughs> but you get it, these different things, right, that we, that we dream of. As soon as we get them, as soon as we attain them, what happens? What happens? Something new pops up, right? Something new pops up. We get it, and then we look to the next thing. Suddenly, we've forgotten about the thing that we wanted so badly, and sometimes we forget it quicker than it took us to get it. And it never satisfies us the way that we expect it to. The thing is that this way of thinking, it's ingrained in us. It's built into our culture. It's, it's the American dream. The American dream, this idea that everyone, regardless of social class or, or life circumstances at birth, everyone should have an equal opportunity according to, to their abilities and achievements to achieve a richer and fuller life. That's a nice sentiment, right? That's a nice sentiment. That's the definition of the American dream that was coined in, in the 1930s. But it's not the American dream anymore. The problem is that over the years, the American dream devolved from this equal opportunity thing to we should all just have a shot at upward mobility and, and to have a dream of having more things. The, the American dream went from this equal opportunity thing to something where a richer and fuller life became literally to be more rich. And to literally have a life more full of things. And the problem with this is, is what we're all experiencing now. See, what we experience is that our dreams, they become this like revolving door, right? Of, of unmet expectations, and it leaves us constantly chasing after the next thing. Constantly running 
and our schedules are, are more full than ever before. Have you heard this term before? The great resignation. That's what they're calling the time that we live in right now, the time of the great resignation, because we've chased and ran so much that we're, we're just done. We've, we're, we're burnt out, exhausted. We're dragging ourselves out of bed each morning. And when we do, we, we wake up and we think to ourselves, man, this cannot be the dream. This cannot be the dream. Guess what? It's not. It's not the dream. I'm here to tell you this morning, that's not the dream. All the things that you grew up dreaming of having, it's not it. The life you actually want, the life you have always dreamed of has nothing to do with jobs, has nothing to do with family or friends, has nothing to do with houses, cars, phones. It has nothing to do with whatever is arriving at your doorstep between the hours of 12.15 and 3.15. In fact, the life you actually want has nothing to do with anything that's going on around us. The life you actually want has nothing to do with anything that's going on around us. Instead, it has everything to do with what's going on inside us. I'm going to say it again. The life you actually want has nothing to do with what's going on around you. But it has everything to do with what's going on inside you. Let me illustrate this for you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul, the writer of this letter, he, he goes on a bit of a rant about all kinds of things that are going on around him, all kinds of things that are happening to him, all kinds of exterior things. He says this, I have been put in prison more often, been whipped more times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I've traveled many long journeys. I have faced dangers from, from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I've faced dangers in the cities in the deserts and on the seas, and have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. That's a rough set of circumstances, isn't it? That's rough. Paul went through a lot. If, if we're talking about a dream life, and if we defined our dream life as something that is happening around us, if we defined our dream life as what our life looks like, 
If, if our dream life ebbed and flowed based on what's happening to us or going on around us, I'd say Paul did not live the dream life. Paul did not live the dream life. What, what Paul went through in order to share his faith with people, so painful, so difficult. It's hard for us to even imagine those things. It's hard for us to imagine even just one of those things happening to us, let alone all of them. None of us could look at Paul's life based on that list and say, I want that. No one could look at the the things that Paul experienced and say, that's it. That's the dream life right there. That's the life I want. You know what is the dream, though? You know what is the dream, though? Check this out, because here's the real dream. Paul writes this letter to the Philippians, and Paul says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That's the dream, ain't it? I mean, think about it. How could Paul have been through all that stuff? Whipped, beaten, Robbed, shipwrecked, hungry, thirsty. How could Paul have been through all that and still have a mindset? Don't worry about anything. Pray about it all. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. That's the life you want, isn't it? That's the dream, right? That despite all the things we have going on around us, we can experience peace? How is it? How did he do it? How did, how did Paul, despite all the things he was facing, experience God's peace? How is it that Paul, despite imprisonment, despite beating and whipping, lost at sea, cold, hunger, sleepless nights, How many of you are just a total crab when you have a sleepless night? (laughs) Me, big time. Yeah, he still experienced peace. How can we experience God's peace despite all the things going on around us? How How can we experience God's peace despite being overcommitted, despite maybe maybe losing your job, despite maybe Losing the one you love. Despite like the realization that the dreams you thought were going to fill that void left you disappointed with unmet expectations. There are three things that we can do to experience the, the kind of peace that, that we don't even understand. Right? 
exceeds our understanding. There's three things that we can do that can provide the kind of peace that only God can offer us. The first thing we can do to experience peace that exceeds our understanding is simply by knowing Jesus. We have to know Jesus in order to experience the peace that he offers us. And I'm not talking about like, oh yeah, I, I know that guy. Growing up in, in Racine, my dad, he lived on a busy corner, right? And uh, he had this famous thing he would do. He, he, could be, he could be in the shower, he could be mowing the lawn, he could be watching TV. Anytime someone honked, he'd raise up his hand and, and pretend to wave and be like, ah, I know that guy. That, that, that's a friend of mine. Goofball, but that's not the kind of knowing that we're talking about here. This is a, a personal and intimate relationship kind of knowing. The kind of knowing that takes time and commitment to build. This is the kind of knowing where, where we seek Jesus to be the leader of our lives. See, when, when we seek Jesus to be the leader of our life, he, he promises us to give, he promises to give us his spirit. And when we have his spirit working within us, it's then that we, we begin to experience this peace. Galatians 5 points this out for us, saying when we have the Holy Spirit active in our lives, among many other things, one of the things we begin to experience is peace. The kind of peace that, that Jesus offers us. First thing we can do to, to begin to live the life we actually want. The life where no matter what is going on around us, we can still experience peace. It's to know Jesus personally. Second thing we can do to experience the kind of peace that, that exceeds our understanding is, is once we know him, we got to turn to him. In the chaos, running from one thing to the next, waking up each morning exhausted, we turn to him. That's straight out of the verse we read earlier, right? Philippians 4. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And then his peace will, will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The second thing that we can do is turn to him. Turn to him, throw all you are facing. Tell him everything. Thank him for what he's already done. Then you will begin to experience peace that doesn't even make sense. Last, the third thing we can do to experience the kind of peace that, that marks the life you really want. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him with your life. 
Trust that despite all you have going on around you, trust that, that God works all things together for the good of those who love him. Trust that while you may feel overcome by the world, Jesus has already overcome the world. See, this world that we live in is temporary. It's temporary, and the battle for eternity has already been won. The battle for eternity has already been won by Jesus when he died on the cross and rose again three days later. Yesterday I was at a men's conference, the No Regret Conference. It's a, it's a conference that is broadcast worldwide. I was in Oshkosh, and one of the speakers there was, was talking about this concept, how the battle has already been won. Let me ask you this. If, uh, if you're playing a game of football and you know what happens at the end of the fourth quarter, if you know that, that we win the game at the end of the fourth quarter, does it matter what the score is in the third quarter? Jesus has already won the battle. When we trust in him for our eternal fate, the cares of this world, they fade away. Jesus tells us this in John 16, He says, I've told you all this so that, that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you're going to have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Listen, despite all that you have going on in life right now, despite all you're facing right now to experience the kind of peace that, that we don't even understand how it's possible, it requires that we trust his plan. It requires that we trust him. Now listen, I, I'm no dummy, okay? I know that, that these things, knowing Jesus turning to Jesus, and trusting Jesus. Those sound great. Better, easier said than done, right? Those things, they, they, they sound great, but they're easier said than done. And I know this because I don't always experience peace either. The last four months of my life, peace not a word I would use to describe it. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. All three of these things, where do they start and end? To experience the life we actually want. The life that despite anything we got going on around us, we're still at peace. To experience that, these three things, where do they start and where do they end? They, end, they start and they end in prayer. They start and they end in prayer. We have to be prayer warriors. Philippians 4, we just read it. What is it? Pray about everything. Pray about 
everything. This life, the, the life that we actually want, the true dream life, it's not filled with things. It's not chasing after some version of the dream life that we've been told that we would want. The life we actually want is a life that is filled with God's peace amidst the chaos. The kind of peace that that surpasses our understanding. The kind of peace that can only be experienced through knowing Jesus, turning to Jesus, and trusting Jesus. If you want that for your life, would you pray with me? Father God, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done in our lives. Your word tells us to pray about everything. And so, Lord, that's what we do. We're here. We lift it all up to you. Lord, I pray right now for for anyone here that doesn't know Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would draw them to yourself. Then, Lord, I pray that you would help us turn to you and trust you amidst life's chaos. And that through that, we would experience the kind of peace that only comes from you. A peace that exceeds all understanding. We love you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we're about to get into a time of worship. And uh, we can worship God in so many different ways. With our time, with our, with our talents and our gifts, with our voices, uh, one way that, that we worship God here at RCC is through our giving, our finances. If you came prepared to give this morning, we have baskets in the back. And as always, you can give online through the QR codes in your seat or at rccsunday.com. Know that your giving not only keeps the lights on here, but it helps support ministries that we then care for the community of Ripon and puts on amazing things like we got going on this week. Tuesday night, Leadership Academy, and Thursday night is our epic night. It's like a small, uh, like a TED talk, and we're going through some, some deep relationship stuff. So if you're interested in that, happening Thursday night right here at RCC. But right now, let's stand up and let's get into some singing.